So it's foggy here, so uh, my my recording might be a little fuzzy. Wait, do I, uh, how, wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> it's just science. I'm not yeah. sure how the internet works. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sure. You're a Simple technology science. expert. So, how about that, Marco? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, do you guys think that Apple's lost the functional high ground? Is that a loaded <laughs> question? Yes. Yes, it is mm-hmm. a loaded question. That's all I got for you. Oh, okay. Well, then we're moving on. Well, we've talked about this before, haven't we? We've talked we've, about it, in, in yeah. yes, from different directions. The um, this We've talked about from the complaining side. Uh, you know, <laughs> is, I'm sorry. Is there another side? <laughs> it's the only side we know. That there's shit wrong with iOS 8, for example, or that there's shit wrong with Yosemite yeah. and it makes us grumpy. Yeah. But I do not believe that there is more stuff wrong now than any other release of releases past. Well, that's the, the my pro- take. The problem is that it's impossible to prove that either way because yeah. right, there's no metric right. that you can use. They'll be like, what, right. number, number of bugs filed? I don't know. I mean, and, and I think Daniel Zalkett had a really good post where he sort of ran down the last decade or so. And, like, here's all the things I can rem- like went back and looked and was complaining about over the last 10 years. And it's like, yep, there has always been something to complain about. And there will probably always be something to complain yeah. about. And I think part of the problem is just that we get we get these updates now every year. Yeah. And so there's less time to flush out the bugs with a particular one before they're on to the next one. And you're constantly presented, you know, every year you get a new not quite as monolithic as they used to be, but you get a new whole update and you're installing this big thing that tends to do funky things to your stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, and as Lex and I were talking about a little bit offline, we were, you know, you, your computer... Can, oh, you guys talk offline. Devices. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, no, not with you, though. Um, <laughs> Look at these guys talking offline. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I went to Lex's house. We talked. I know! Your- <laughs> and yet Jealous? I'm still here somehow. <laughs> well, I, we'll see. We're saving it for the end of the podcast. <laughs> Um, well, so, you know, your computer also does way more than it used to, right? So the more capabilities you add in, I think there is definitely, uh, you know, there's always going to be some edge case stuff that, you know, the more powerful capabilities get, the more chance there is that they don't work exactly right. And I think when you're pushing the envelope and we can, you know, discuss whether or not Apple's actually pushing the envelope, but when you keep trying to do new things, there's inevitably going to be more bugs. Doesn't mean that your computer is overall buggier, because as I think Lex's point um, was, you know, would you rather have your original iPhone that worked rock solid but didn't do cut and paste, or would you rather have an iPhone six with iOS eight and all the new features? Right, that you've like got I'm, I'm very welcoming of the stuff that makes iOS eight better than iOS seven, six, five, four, three, two, and one, and. I would like exactly that point. Like if, if you really thought, well, I want to go back to the buggiest, the bug freest version, the least buggy version of something, you could go to like right. the something that's really old and featureless. Uh, but I prefer this approach. Like it's, I don't know. To me, what's what's what I and Marco has since tweeted that he doesn't necessarily even agree with all the things that he wrote, which makes yeah, it I mean, harder. He, says, he said I mean, he posted a post that said, I regret having posted that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, 
I don't. I just don't know what the proposed alternative is. If the, if Apple said, "Okay, we're only going to do bug fixes for the next three years," <laughs> I don't think that would really work out that well. well. Could you do a TikTok no. approach? As I think is the question. Like, could you right. rather than pushing major updates every year? Could you have say iOS eight come out this year and then iOS eight point five come out next year? But I think I agree. There's a marketing problem there, right? Because people have grown to expect major updates every year, uh, and they gotten out of that a little bit with the OS ten, and then they kind of <laughs> dip themselves back right back into that pool. Um, so I think that they're they may be. I, I, it would be an interesting approach for them to be like, all right, we, we're decided we're instead going to alternate. Like one year we'll do, you know, the brand new operating system with all these new features. And then the following year we'll like make sure everything's rock solid. But then you still get a year of stuff not being rock solid. And then you have to wait two years for new features. And I think that's just going to piss people off. <laughs> um, or maybe you just do releases that are somewhat lighter on new features. It's kind of like with the phones, right? Like, so we had the, the 4 and the 4S and the 5 and the 5S. You get like a major update every two years. Um, but they are also going to want to coincide the best updates probably with the newest hardware, right? So now they're locked to a hardware schedule, which they've already become trapped in. And, and I agree. I, I don't know what the alternative is. Unless yeah. you're going to start going back to like 0.5 releases like six months out. So like maybe you release iOS 8 in September and then iOS 8.5 in March. But I don't think that that's a schedule they want to hold to either. And then it requires you to devote a whole bunch of people to fixing all those bugs who could instead be working on new features. So you're kind of screwed either way. Yeah, I think that's right. And I, again, I really do believe, and I know you said, Dan, that this can't be proven one way or the other or it can't be calculated, but I don't believe things are any worse than ever. Uh, and there, I don't see any alternative. Like I don't, you don't hear a lot from the Android community. Like, well, I have never had any bugginess <laughs> on my Android device. Um, I've used a windows phone for a month. I'm not doing that again. Um, <laughs> like I, I got nowhere to go. I'm, I, I think it's, you know, the same way that my, I can be annoyed at the way my car does certain things. Not that I could ever be annoyed with my electric car or, um, <laughs> Like, but you can be or as electric house or yeah. as electric. You can be annoyed with things. You can have problems with things, and they're still okay. Like, I'm also married, and my wife is flawless, but there's still things that might annoy me sometimes. <laughs> like, I'm just kind of accepting of it. Nice I think safe. It's, I think you're, it's a pretty big you need deal. To, you need to stop talking now. I think we're making a big deal out of things that aren't a big deal. That's my point. <laughs> and I just got divorced. What's ha- what's happening? <laughs> I think. Well, and I think he would even agree that now that he's he made a bigger deal out of it than he should have. Yeah, and that's well, kind of that's kind of the other aspect of this story is that you know when somebody like Marco says something, it gets reported widely, particularly when he says something that's negative about Apple as opposed to positive about Apple. I think this is ridiculous, even by those normal standards. I mean, this was on television. Right. I don't know why that's still the barometer for like something that's successful. I think I guess because it's like this was someplace normal people might see, not just on the internet. Um, <laughs> It also seems like they live in a uh, some sort of strange bubble, and have absolutely no idea what goes on in in the real well, <laughs> the real the real world that we inhabit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it's also, and I think this point was made by a number of places, but the idea of you know using these uh, using what he said to shape a particular narrative, and I mean, you know, it's clear to at least all of us in this rarefied podcast like bubble that we're in that there is a prevalent Apple is doomed narrative that people right. subscribe to and promulgate to use a big word. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> thanks for that. <laughs> thanks for identifying it. You're welcome. 
Uh, I'll spell it if you want. No. Uh, but I mean, I think we're all aware that, that that agenda exists, even though, you know, a lot of people would probably dismiss it as conspiracy theories. I'm not suggesting there's like a concerted effort necessarily, but I do think there are people no. who really, really want to push that, whether it be for reasons of, you know, finances um, or other, you know, publicity, yeah, it's marketing. Tra- it's spin. mostly traffic. It's some, it's some you know... <laughs> They're selling something. They're right. selling their exactly. website. They're selling themselves. They're there's selling souls. There's a bias in there. Yeah, or, sell, or just selling their souls. Yeah. Well, who's buying? Um, but <laughs> so I, you know. It's a buyer's market. <laughs> so I think, you know, it is interesting that when he says something, like we should really try an experiment where we just say terrible things about Apple on our podcast and see how widely we can get it reported. <laughs> I thought about doing that a few years ago, like just starting a, a completely negative Apple blog. And just, well, like, how do you do that without a, devolving into like just ridiculous, like Apple, Tim Cook eats babies, you know, like. <laughs> uh, but how do we know the, that's not true? The Right. The question I have is, has Tim Cook ever said publicly he does not eat yeah, babies? Exactly. I, I enjoy this, this unfiltered journalism. Truth telling, <laughs> truthiness. Nice. I, I don't know. And I think that, and my guess is that Marco has concluded this. Like he, it's, as soon as I saw that story, I said, well, this is going to blow up. Yeah, right. I think that Marco is realizing he's got a pretty broad reach now. He's a pretty big guy. He's pretty well known and has lots and lots of followers. And it doesn't take too many of his friends retweeting him or blogging about what he said for lots and lots of people to see it. In other in other news, uh, if Marco would like to retweet my pyramid scheme, that'd be great. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I'm pretty happy with my Mac. There's uh, there is no and like and honestly, and I think Marco would be the first one to admit this. He comes at it from a different perspective from I think us. And Moltz, I'm not actually entirely sure of your personal computing history, but like I've been a Mac guy for a long time. Marco hated the Mac for a long time, and then came right. to it much later than many of us. Yeah. I have no uh, long time. Well, I think probably longer than you've been alive. <laughs> I was born before the Mac. Okay, then, same then same no. here. Uh, <laughs> did you read um, actually uh, Dr. Drang's post on this? I thought was I was just looking at that. It was I thought it was insightful. Um, I in that I think that he is right about some of that. Where it's like, have you as someone who you know, for example, spends a lot of time recommending Apple products or you know advocating either just for from the fact that you use them or actively you know trying to convince other people to buy apple products have you dialed back at all in terms of like convincing those people who are sort of in your care to like upgrade um because i i do feel at times like i'm much more wary like because so many people come to me and complain it's like i upgraded ios 7 and everything looks terrible and i hate it it's god it's awful and i'm like all right i'm just gonna stop recommending that you upgrade things because i know it will make you unhappy yeah i don't i just i think i've done that simply because i don't like the responsibility i don't think it has anything to do with the relative bugginess of the software but i used to be really excited and be like and be like oh you should upgrade and get this cool new feature i think that's i think that's just called growing up now (laughs) oh so sad next you're gonna tell me there's no santa claus well I, i mean i i actually did not i read dr drang's post and i'm not i was not convinced actually um, okay. by Craig Hockenberry's tweet or by Drang's post. Like, and there was a footnote that I thought, not that many, where he says, you know, can you imagine how many lawyers have bought stuff, have bought Apple stuff because of David Sparks and Katie Floyd who have that great show, uh, Mac Power Users. And my guess is not that many. My guess is not a, a, at all enough to affect 
anything at Apple. Like if David Sparks and Katie Foote had never existed, I don't think that it, it moves Apple's revenue numbers in any significant direction at all, which I don't think is you know a problem for Sparks and Floyd. But when Craig tweeted that it's important that geeks love Apple, I don't actually think that's true. I think Apple can do just fine without any geeks loving it at all anymore. These it's days, yeah. Way bigger than that. Um, like... And I don't think it's going to happen, but Marco could leave, Gruber could leave uh, the Apple world, and they could all say, oh, you yeah. know what, we're, we're Linux forever now. And I, I don't think it has any effect on Apple. That's the other thing, is that is that um, that's part of what sparked Marco's post in the first place. And, you know, I I try other platforms. I, we've got, I've got Windows 7 and Windows 8 here. I've tried many different versions of Linux over the past few years, and if you're moving to Linux, good luck. <laughs> have fun. I mean, you know, I can understand I, if you have certain, um, I don't know, moral objections to using company driven software like Microsoft's or Apple's, um, then I can understand why Linux makes sense. And Linux works fine. But the user experience is just is even if you think that Yosemite is terribly buggy. The user experience is, is still not the same. In college, we set up one of my friend's uh, systems to dual boot. He was a Windows user. We set up to dual boot Linux. And uh, he was uh, coincidentally <laughs> our, our least... No, he, he asked for it, even though he is our least tech-savvy <laughs> friend. And I I have never seen I've never seen somebody just so Etsy with like, I don't even know where what to like click. Does my mouse still work the same way? You know? <laughs> Um, and you know, that was well over a decade ago now, but at the same time, is it, I, I don't get the impression that the experience has improved that much in that time. So, I mean, I, no, I think the experience has improved, but I mean, I don't think, you know, relative, it has not improved. I, I can't know, imagine I don't a think single it's, person. I don't think that it's gained ground. I, I can't imagine a single person in my life who would come to me and say, I've decided I, I want to move off Apple platforms. And I would say, oh Yeah you should really install Linux. Like I cannot picture yeah. that person in my life just because I, I would rather send them to Microsoft because at least they know what they're like getting into at that point. Uh, but, um, I mean, but Windows 8 as it stands right now, I would not recommend to anybody. Okay. I um, haven't used a Windows product like full time. Yeah. In, and I, you uh, know, as we've discussed, I've been using it <laughs> over the past month. <laughs> nice. Why, why again? And, <laughs> because my your, son yourself. has a Windows laptop now. So. He still gets to live in your house and yeah. all that. I just I don't understand. <laughs> he's uh, he's getting old enough to make his own mistakes. How much malware does it have on it so far? <laughs> you know, I'm afraid to look. I did not. I mean, I did not set him up as an administrator. So uh, hopefully, less I am, I am than... impressed that. Uh, so my friend of mine um, came to me the other day and was like, "Yeah, I think I've decided I should upgrade my MacBook." And I was like, "Uh, yeah, yeah, yours is getting a little in the two thousand now." She's like. Seven years old. I was trying to get on Snow Leopard for a while, but I haven't really gotten around to doing it. And I think I'm just going to buy a new computer. Uh, and and I was, you know, laughing at that a little bit, as we all would. But she's like, well, so, so part of the problem is that, you know, it's a seven-year-old computer, but it still works pretty well. Like, it does, you know, the biggest problem that she's running into is uh, security updates for browsers, essentially, because a lot of that stuff isn't supported that far back. But it runs, you know, it doesn't run stuff that's super demanding. And at that point, you know, my dad has a uh, that one-off uh, aluminum MacBook um, that was before. Oh yeah, yeah. Before they switched to the polycarbonate one, right? Um, and 
that one is he's still using that but all he ever does is you know web bra- like he uses everything in the web browser pretty much yeah. that's about it and it's like until they stop offering sort of security updates or whatever uh it'll probably be fine uh, i replaced the battery in it i put an ssd in it to speed it up a little bit but like nice. it's it's fine it works great for him you know he doesn't go anywhere with it, it stays plugged in all the time on his like armchair and you know <laughs> what i what I would say is no, I'm no less enthusiastic to recommend Apple products to people if they ask me. Because if they're going to also ask me for help, I don't want them to have something else that I don't want to support for them. But I don't know. The thing that I would recommend that isn't Apple is stuff that I haven't really used. But that, you know, yeah, if, if it's somebody who's like good. on a super low budget, I'd be like, sure, get a Chromebook. It's not going to do everything. But if, if, if it's somebody like your dad where they're going to do everything in the web, yeah, all right. It might work. Get a freaking I, Chromebook. I, I, Go you for know, it. it People ask own. me, people <laughs> ask me of my friends, I do have some friends who are not Apple users and they ask me sometimes for recommendations like, uh, what should I get for like a laptop or something? And I, I think the biggest thing for me is I used to follow that stuff and it's like, I honestly have no idea. I could not tell you who is a quality laptop vendor at this point uh, because like Lex, it's just like, uh, if I'm going to end up doing you know support on this or helping you with things, I, I'm not going to know anything because I, I haven't used Windows in a really long time. My tech support, like, you know, I used to work IT, but that was a decade ago. I don't really know anything about the current state of that, but I have no idea what like a good laptop vendor is other than the last last time i right. checked like lenovo like oh they seem pretty good but yeah. i think even even they have problems now so well I yeah know. i mean i can tell you have it you know that's what we bought and it's it's okay but the whole user experience is just terrible and and even the buying process is bad and the, their website is horrible <laughs> and i you know i can't imagine call you know if i ever get to the point where i have to call yeah. for support you know it's it's funny that um my uh my lady friend just got a new pc and she works look in this a, guy. Yeah, look at this guy. Look at this. <laughs> she well, all right. So she's an Android user and it has a PC and this is this has been, you know, maybe not a major sticking an, point, an but it comes up. Um <laughs> but she works in a consulting firm and they just gave her she just went back to work and they they gave her a new laptop, which was a Lenovo. And so but she has, you know, a dedicated IT department that will fix all that stuff for her. Yeah. Right? right. So like that, if you're in that setting where you're in a corporation and it's like they gave me, you know, this is what they gave me, but they'll do all the work on it. It's like, all right, fine, you know, get yeah. whatever's good. But I it is I, I wouldn't I don't even know where to start when my friends are like, Oh, my laptop's really old, I need a new one. It's like well, buy a MacBook. Yeah. <laughs> one of the biggest problems is just the all the other junk that they put on those things and there's so like the McAfee, this McAfee right. thing keeps popping yeah, yeah. up. You're like your subscription to McAfee is expiring, please. You know, and I just thought, I mean, I can't even like approach the like. Do I really need to like buy a license for McAfee for this thing? I mean, yes, it's a Windows computer, and maybe it will is much more likely to get viruses. And and I can't even bring myself to make that decision. <laughs> and I thought it was just me, and so I can't I can't decide whether or not I should just like try and get rid of it or actually pay the money. And I thought it was just me, but we we have friends, and we and uh, the guy works at Intel, and he's a big PC guy, so we have this little <laughs> this thing going on. But um, so I go over there, and, he, and he's like, um, he's using his laptop. We're ordering some Chinese food for, for our two families, and he's on his laptop and and uh, ordering the food, and the McAfee thing pops up, and, and, and she's like, just I just gotta click and get rid of this. Yeah, I, that is the behavior I see so many people doing on that. They where just it's like, oh, just get out of the way, get out of the way. That thing is just gonna pop up every like you know couple hours, and that's the way you live. What a sweet gig for McAfee Norton, though. I feel like <laughs> someone eventually just ends up paying those things, and it's like. It's like insurance, right? Like it's yeah, <laughs> um, and it's not even good insurance. Do you have any friends who've, who've uh, installed MacKeeper? <laughs> <laughs> 
Not no. not who are still friends. <laughs> no, you know, I, I know I a guy. With Apple's with with complaints about Apple that real live non true nerd consumers have, I think that today, and this is this is a calculated stat that I've spent the last four seconds calculating. I think that ninety seven percent of them are iCloud related, mm-hmm. and I feel like if Apple could get its head out of its iCloud ass. <laughs> and fix a couple of these key things, and I'm going to give you a real world example. I feel like that would uh, that would really take away uh, a big chunk of what normal people have as complaints about Apple. But yeah. people don't understand iCloud, and it doesn't work for the way people expect it to, even if they it, do understand it. It doesn't so work my, well. My next door neighbors had iPhone 4s's, and they just recently switched to iPhone 6s. And every day at the bus stop, and it is freaking cold in New Jersey, so this is no fun, but every day at the bus stop for a few days after they got them was new questions where they wanted me to explain what to do because all they wanted was to have their new phones be exactly the same as their old phones, only newer, right? They wanted all the same stuff there. But she's like, when I... You know, I set up, the, I want to get the backup, but if I get the backup from the 4S, is it going to have like the smaller screen? And that's not a, an every person question. That was, she thought that maybe her iPhone 6 wouldn't use the full screen if she restored from the iPhone 4S, that it would have the smaller screen. We got over that. But then, like, Apple IDs were confused, and she, her husband has the one Apple ID, and she has the other oh, Apple yeah, ID. Yeah, I had someone run know, into the same problem. She didn't know how to restore, and like if she restored it, she was going to lose it, and then she couldn't back up the new phone, and the new phone didn't say, hey, the new phone only said, hey, you should pay, pay to upgrade to the, to the newest thing. You should pay for more iCloud space so that you can back me up. It didn't say, hey, that old phone that you're not using anymore, why don't you delete that backup so that you can back up this one? And then the worst thing is, because the questions I can't answer are all the stuff with photos in iCloud. She's like, how do I get my photos from this? And if I, if I have, are they all in iCloud? Are some of them in iCloud? And I'm like, honestly, I have no idea. Let's just back those <laughs> up onto your shitty Windows computer and then you can restore them yourself because I have no idea what's in the cloud and I don't want you to lose your precious photos and videos. But if Apple could just get over itself and say, okay, everybody has unlimited iCloud cloud backup storage uh or you know a number that's reasonably close enough to unlimited for most of society uh that would be a big help and then if it could also work that would be an even bigger help (laughs) well the the photos thing is interesting right now because we're kind of in this weird like i was talking to one of my cousins out uh, recently who's a who's a photographer and trying to she's like well i don't want to move away from aperture even though apple's technically discontinued it so she's kind of pissed off about that um but, you know, I was trying to explain like, well, they're coming out with a photos app for the Mac and it's supposed to all sync and keep all your photos in the cloud. But we're in this weird period where it's like it kind of exists on iOS devices, but it doesn't exist at all on the Mac. So you've got like the vestiges of PhotoStream um, and then you've got your iCloud photo library in beta, which I haven't even bothered turning on yet because I'm just kind of terrified of what that means. <laughs> like I haven't bothered turning yeah. on. I'm supposed to know this shit. <laughs> and it's like I, d- I know well enough to know that I should leave to it alone until, it until some. <laughs> else has checked it so you know i i think that's but it, that is maybe once that's all smoothed over everything will work very smoothly and we'll look back and like ah remember when the whole system was really shitty and nobody wanted to use it or maybe it will still be really shitty i don't know but i yeah there seem like there are smart ways to do things and they don't take that approach and then later on they have to backtrack and take that approach so maybe we should just start with the approach that works yeah yeah i based on uh, i don't know based on itunes 12 i don't <laughs> I just don't think that photos is going to be something that I want to jump on. I, I like the idea of having all the, like, it seems like that's how it should have worked in the first place. Photo stream was always confusing. How many photos stay where, where does it get backed up? You know, can you see your stuff on the web? Like all of that was confusing. I think that the approach that they are ultimately taking here is the right one, which is to say all your photos live in the cloud. Then you use apps on your computer and can like have it download copies 
but like all your stuff canonically stays in the cloud. And it's like, that makes perfect sense to me. That is how it should work. Cause then they can back it up and have all the storage and I can have backups on my, you know, on my Mac and just look at stuff on my phone and it all syncs. Will that work as advertised? <laughs> that is, I think, well, so here's the yeah. thing that's, we're all, you know, smart in talking about problems with Apple, you know, the fact that we're all kind of hesitant to adopt that, I think does tell you I, something. I will say when photos comes out though, I'm excited to use it and I'm going to instantly switch. Like I'm ready. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. Okay. So Lex is our guinea pig. We'll okay. see. We'll see when it erases <laughs> all of Lex photos. Before well, no, we not had, to enable it. Before we had iPhones, my wife and I shared a DSLR. And so all the pictures of the kids were taken with that DSLR and we would each sync it to our iPhoto accounts. And that was it. Now we still use that same DSLR, but we also take way more photos on our phones because we're not assholes. And <laughs> we, I don't sync my wife's photos to my computer and she doesn't sync mine to hers. But so many times it's us taking pictures of the same moment, which is stupid in its own way. But uh, I'm hoping that there's going to be some kind of family sharing cloud photos app solution that's going to make this saner. And I don't know if it's going to happen, but that's, I'm excited to just have easier access to everything because right now i feel like i i I don't know i feel like my photos aren't a mess but they're not as nice as i want them to be in a microcosm and i know this is something we've touched upon before but i happen to have messages open in front of me and my current conversation is listed as lex comma john comma lex ampersand john (laughs) so let's just say that apple's not the best at getting these things to work seamlessly yeah um well actually speaking of the family sharing thing that's interesting because i know uh jason uh, on Six Colors, repost posted a link to a piece I think by David Sparks talking about um, uh, uh, eschewing family sharing or like turning it off, basically. Oh, right, yeah. right. Yeah. Um, I have a handy book about this subject. Now, I oh. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, it's about Minecraft. <laughs> um, yeah, right. But uh, it is interesting. I, I'm not in a in a setup where it makes any sense at all for me to use family sharing, um, like because the only people on it would be my parents, and I really don't think that makes sense uh, based on how they use their technology. Uh, but I'm curious, have either of you guys used it and are you still using it or have you gotten rid of it? I have not used it because, yeah, <laughs> because it seemed like the first people who used it, who I, you know, some people who I rely on um, were not, had struggled with setting it up. And I just never got around to get, getting enough time to go through that struggle in order to set it up. And it seems like uh, that um, skepticism has been rewarded. I uh, I have it turned on um, by flirting, although um, we're not using it. So like Lauren has Lauren buys we buy all the apps on my Apple ID, and then Lauren has her own Apple ID that she does you know for her other stuff. But when she buys and installs apps, she does it on my Apple ID because why are we going to buy the same apps twice? This was, you know, a problem we solved long before family sharing came into play. Right. We still have it turned on. Uh, just it doesn't get used uh, because everybody, <laughs> all the devices are on my Apple yeah. ID for the App Store. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like according thing, to Jason, that's what they went. That's what his family went back to after trying family sharing. And the one thing that's been helpful is um, it your family can turn on the location stuff. So like Lauren is never going to download and install find my friends on her phone, but it would be useful to stalk her. I mean, to know like if she's coming home or not. And so with family sharing on now we can do that. And so it's been helpful for her to see where I am, me to see where she is. So, you know, like what time is dinner? It's all, it's always good to know where your flawless wife is at all times. That's right. Exactly. (laughs) Well, my wife is a private invest- private investigator, so I need to know where my wife. 
I mean, she it's knows like, where you are at all times, clearly. She, well, she, she some of the places that she goes, she's like, <laughs> this is where I'm going to be. <laughs> These Fair are the names of the people I'm seeing. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. You ain't app for that. Tell our son I love him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have, so we almost everything we bought on my Apple ID, and then Hank has his own Apple ID that, you know, occasionally he gets, like, um, you know, gift cards. Let me ask and... you, how much malware is on his iPhone? No. <laughs> None. Um, and but there's a whole bunch of really crappy games, and like all, so all the stuff that he's bought, it, it's like we don't care because neither one of us want to play those games anyway. So nice. Like if he wants to buy a good game, I will buy the good game. Um, so that if you I'm going to play it anyway, I will. I will. You know, you're the best kind of dad. <laughs> <laughs> Permissive dad. He's the best dad. <laughs> he is. My and my kids, you know, I have all the iPads and stuff set up so that they download apps automatically if anyone's installed them. Um, and so if I get a new game, they're gonna find it on the weekends when they get iPad time in the morning, so the mommy and dad can sleep. Um, and so like when I installed Temple Run Two one day, they just they could they and they they don't they still don't understand exactly. I don't know where they think the apps come from. I think it's the closest thing that we have in my family to Santa Claus. But they would run it through. Guess what, Daddy? There's a Temple Run Two, and it's awesome. And so they're so excited about it. And Does that doesn't that kind of defeat the purpose of sleeping in? Well, so yeah, right. that day it did. Um, we said, let's talk about it in a couple hours. Um, but, uh, you know, they, they compete with me a bit on high scores, which is nice. And, you know, they, they marvel at my flappy, no, at my crossy road score, as does John Multiple. Uh, oh, sure. And, Here we go. Here but, we go. But, like, one day my daughter was so excited to hear because she's like, I got 18 in Flappy Bird. But since she doesn't have her own Apple ID and the iPad she was using that day was uh, – Lauren's or it was linked to Lauren's game center ID like that's where the score goes and they don't care about that stuff at all yet right yeah one day yeah so so what you're saying is that that uh your your high score in Crossy Road is actually Liam's yeah Liam got the uh (laughs) the high score in Crossy Road that's right that's what I'm that's what I'm hearing out of this anyway so um you guys paying any attention at all to CES (laughs) um only sarcastically aside from like reveling in the fact that you're not there I've never been. Um, I'm looking at, you know, the stories that seem to get a little more press attention, you know, that people write about what's being released, but there's nothing where I'm like, well, I got to have that. And what's amazing is watching, and I'm not in any sense impugning the tech reporters who were there and they're a good character, but it's amazing how when you're there in person and somebody's like, look, here is a washing machine that has a built-in sink that you can think, wow, that is incredible. Because I'll tell you something, it's not at all incredible. It's a washing (laughs) machine with a built-in sink. And that's true of like everything you see. And you're like, wow, this 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 is cool because you're seeing it there. But no, most of it's not cool. I haven't seen anything. Where I'm like, well, I got to get that. No, I, I I think I'm a little burned out on it, and that I just you know keep. I guess uh, I sent you the most interesting link I've seen so far, which is the uh, hey, Mophie's got battery cases coming for the iPhone six and six plus. Woohoo! Yay! I mean, but that's not revolutionary. I think it's just like, oh, great. Yeah, I can't um, imagine putting something on this thing that's going to make it larger. <laughs> Wow, I, I do really dig this uh, Casio DJ controller that looks like the Millennium Falcon, though. And there's no what? reference. I, I'm just saying, why is there no reference in this blog post that it looks like the Millennium Falcon? That seems like a failure of journalism. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just flipping through a blog right now. That's pretty much all that I'm doing. Um, yeah, nice. I don't know. Have you I, been? Have you been? I've been twice. Yeah. 
I went, I went twice and I was more or less, I think one time was on my own. Um, I think that was my, oh my first, God, really? my, I was a freelancer and I was on my, I, oh. I, the uh, Macworld had me go before I was a full-time editor there. And they're just like, yeah, go around and write up some fun stuff. I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And it's enormous. And that was in, I don't know, 2007 or something. So it was even, it was even smaller than it is now probably. And then I went again the next year and I think Dan Frakes was there. Um, and so the two of us were sort of like, you know, mostly autonomous because we were sort of wandering around and doing our own things. But I don't know. I think it's a hellhole. <laughs> I yeah, mean, part of that is that's... just Las Vegas, but part of that is also that yeah. it's it's just it's it's massive, and there's so much crap. And sorting through the crap to find the handful of kind of cool things is just so soul crushing because <laughs> for every cool thing there is there's a dozen vendors who just want to tell you about their new iphone case or their new bluetooth speakers or whatever and it's like yes okay unless your bluetooth speakers feed hungry orphans in the third world i don't give a shit honestly i'm okay with feeding hungry orphans wherever they are fair enough yeah you're a better man than i <laughs> let's just say that this podcast is pro feeding hungry orphans yeah can we all can we all go go out on a limb? It is the most pro hungry feeding orphans podcast on the internet. Yes. I think I could say that <laughs> conclusively. <laughs> look at these guys. They're in favor of feeding orphans. This thing it really does look like the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> is that doesn't it? <laughs> now, switching gears entirely just for a minute. I mentioned to you both, and actually Dan even saw briefly in person. Uh, uh, the, the Millennium Falcon is a spaceship in Star Wars. Like, so. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> if, that's where, if that's where you're going. No, no. But I, I, the, the Kano that I got for Anya. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This uh, computer for kids um, to learn about. Build, first, you build a computer, and then you can program with it. And I just wanted to give you an update. She really likes it. She has a lot of fun with it. I have a few complaints. <laughs> Number one is... Um, the trackpad does not have a click button, which I know Dan wouldn't care about, <laughs> but it doesn't yeah. have tap to click enabled by default. You oh. have to use a keyboard shortcut to turn it on, and it doesn't last between reboots. The click buttons, both the left and right click buttons, are the leftmost two keys on the bottom row of the keyboard opposite where the trackpad is. So you've got the that trackpad took a, that right took right a little figuring out. Yeah, That's and so I don't like that. Dumb. And I don't like that there is no on button to turn it on. You have to disconnect something that's plugged into the USB ports <laughs> and then yeah. reconnect it again. And that's how yeah. you turn it on. Yeah. Um, and it's also, I mean, everything else with it, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much okay with there's, you know, software things I would change. It's, it's no Mac, but, um, <laughs> I don't know. I, Anya's still spending a lot of time with it. She wants to do it all the time. So that's good. How's that? Oh. How's Hank doing with it? Uh, well, since he got it, you know, like he played with it when I, that's why I gave it to him early because I knew he was getting a computer for Christmas. And yeah. so I knew he wasn't going to pay any attention to it once he got the computer. So he played with it for a while, um, which I, I gave it to him like three weeks before Christmas, something like that. So he played with it during that, that interval and he, he liked it. I mean, he particularly liked it initially and it seemed like it dropped off a little bit after that. Um, and the thing that we had trouble with, I think the, the power our power adapter for that thing, which is basically just a USB um, power device. I mean, it's, it runs just on a USB port. Yeah. And um, ours is ours is flaky for some reason. Mm. And so we had a lot of trouble getting it to, to stay up reliably. And then we finally actually just plugged it into the, one of the USB ports on the TV. And that seemed to get it like, you know, regular. 
interesting Un uninterrupted power as opposed to the thing that that came that it came with um the problem of course with that is that every time we turn the tv off the thing just shuts down summarily it doesn't <laughs> doesn't actually go through a shutdown cycle it just goes off it's all right it's Linux. it's gonna it's be like fun. the old, yeah, it's like the old days. <laughs> it reminds it's me of when i had a uh and when I was in college and I had a, a PC that I built out of my friend's spare parts for his PC and it literally lived in a shoebox and I did not have an on switch for it. So I would use a screwdriver to connect the two terminals to turn it on. <laughs> that was the best. It was the Millennium Falcon of computers. It was. And it was it was surprisingly good for all of that. I think it didn't even have a shoebox part of the time. It was literally just like a motherboard sitting on my floor with wires coming made out. made a lot of special modifications myself. <laughs> I have one piece of follow-up from last week. Please, follow up. Oh. Which we do at the end of the show, traditionally. Right. Um, uh, which is, I'm considering, I want to look into getting, uh, and I know we, we were lambasting them in the show, but I'm looking, I'm kind of interested in getting a pair of Bluetooth headphones. And I'll tell you why. I go to the gym, and I've been wearing wired headphones at the gym on, like, the elliptical machines and stuff. Now, the number of times I have knocked my iPhone off the elliptical machine because something gets caught in the stupid fucking cord is oh, high. Yeah. We'll say high. It's, it, N is greater than 2. <laughs> um, and so far, amazingly, despite the fact that my iPhone has, in the past week, fallen at least three times, not a scratch, which is amazing. Um, but I've decided maybe that is bad. So, uh, I'm kind of interested in a pair of Bluetooth headphones. Uh, I don't know if you guys have had particular luck with them, but if you haven't, maybe one of our kind listeners has and can suggest some, mm. um, note I'm on a budget. So cheap ones. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm looking for in my Bluetooth headphones is the quality of cheapness. Well, cheapness and ones that won't fall out of my ears, like the the earbuds that Lex and I have problems with. God, earbuds, earpods are terrible. Earbuds in general them. are you terrible guys for me, are, but oh, man. And so, like, yeah, I don't know what's wrong with your ears. Should I see a doctor? Maybe, you, maybe that's what you should have looked at. I, I mean, and I think sometimes about those where you do the whole ear molding situation, uh, and then you have earbuds that perfectly fit your ears. But what if they I, didn't? <laughs> it's I a think lot. that's it's a big yeah, investment. That's the thing. I think that's. I don't know. I find that hard to believe that works, but oh, I don't. We know people who swear by them. I can't remember. Jason, if it's Jason Snell, Snell really? Yeah, Snell, Jason right? Snell has them. Okay. Yeah, I know that guy. Yeah, and so like he he swears by it, and so I I think about it. But if you didn't like them, there's no it's, reseller it's market, money, right? Like, unless you have a twin. No, that's a, so <laughs> I wrote an article about this. Your ears are unique, even if you have a twin; they have different ears. <gasps> so sorry, and your ears are different from the left and the right side. You obviously, are blowing my mind. Sorry, that's you can use them as biometric authentication standards, which is how I know that. Boy, this website is really weird. Wow. <laughs> I went to earsound.com, which makes these customs. That's not and... a website, Lex. <laughs> uh, yeah, really. It says music never felt <laughs> Earsound. so good. Earsound.xxx. <laughs> Earsound.com is good. I don't know. I keep thinking about it. I'm going to have yeah. to have Snell convince me. Um, but no, I, I think you're right, Dan. A good Bluetooth headphones that are also affordable seems like a, it would be a nice thing to have. Yeah, so I'm I'm interested in trying some out, like especially like those behind the head models, which is what I have now is like a cheap pair of Sony's that are like the behind the head ones. Um, and I like those; they're fine. They don't get loud enough for me. Is one other problem because in the gym it's kind of noisy and like they're playing music and stuff, and and I can't. The iPhone volume does not go loud enough that I can. I I like have to turn on subtitles if I'm like watching a TV show or something. When you say behind the head, is it like a, a firm thing that's behind your head? Yeah, or is it like, like a ropey, like a, thing? No, no, the headband thing, like okay. the piece of plastic. Stop laughing, Mold. Oh, sorry. I just I'm trying not to make another Star Wars reference. No, please. <laughs> this is our this is our bread and butter. <laughs> Lobot. 
You want yes, I want a Lobot. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> See, I we, we understand one another. I'm Googling it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Also, so far, all I know is that they're showing Revenge of the Sith in 3D, which is one, oh three dimensions God. too many, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, four, because it also occupies time. Oh, That's the worst of the dimensions. If yeah. it was just three-dimensional with not occupying time, I think I could live through it.